Hello, and welcome. Hi. Hello, who's this? <laughs> Ahoy, boy. Sounded <laughs> like you were answering the phone. <laughs> Thanks for listener, and Sorry. welcome to another episode of Sermon Report. Um, we are your hosts. Um, I am Jason Simmons, and across from me, as always, your other host, Jack Smith. Hello. And we are here to talk to you again this week about some things that we saw. Um, we've done a little bit of traveling, I guess. Yeah. Um, mine are relatively close. Your drugs will be far. And we saw some cool things, some fun things, reminding us of our youths. Um, oh, and, interesting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we saw some movies. We saw some things. It's summertime. Um, you know, every movie's in the theaters. Um, apparently it's the 90s again, because you have a Godzilla in theaters, you have... A men in black movie in theaters. Um, you've got uh, a whole host of things that were really big in the nineties back again. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about some of those things, um, and we're gonna have a good time talking about them. Let's do it. All right. Um, Want to kick it off? What's that? Sure, I'll kick it off. Um, I haven't seen all that much, but I've seen some things. Um, see a few things. One thing that I saw is uh, U.S. Marshals, the yes. sequel. To uh, the Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford, but this one oh. stars Tommy Jones and Wesley Snipes, oh. and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, oh. Right before all the drugs happened, oh. um, I guess all the drugs are going on right now. But things took a turn for the worse, like wait. a year after this movie. Wait, what? He's doing drugs right now? In the this movie, U.S. Marshals came out like in '96 or '97. Yeah, but you said, I guess he's doing drugs right now. No, no, I'm talking about at the time of the oh, film. Oh, Not right now. RDJ's like... doing great. <laughs> he's he's never going back. Uh, he's never messing this up. Or he could, because now he's so rich. Uh, I guess. I mean... Is that a terrible insight into how my brain works? <laughs> Whoa. He's so rich, nothing can happen. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. whatever. No, um, but yeah, it's a fun sequel to The Fugitive, and I feel like no one really talks about it or has seen it, um, but the whole premise of the film being... I feel like I did see it when I was a kid. I feel like, I, I don't know, I felt it was it's very one of those, when I was a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of those things that our parents would have rented from Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was it again? Uh, U.S. Marshals. Oh yeah, my parents totally rented that, I'm not <laughs> it, I just can't remember it. It's like, it has such a basic name, I feel like movies aren't named like that anymore. Like, yeah, no. You can't just say movie Navy Seals. Um, <laughs> I don't think people are going to go see that necessarily. But if they did, it would have Gerard Butler. Oh, yeah. He... And possibly Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> both doing subpar American accents, <laughs> but looking real good. <laughs> What's the one that had the, the, that Charlie Hunnam did? The Frontier one? The Frontier one. Uh, straight to Netflix. Um, him, Affleck. Other dudes. Oh, Triple face. Frontier. Triple Frontier. Quadruple Frontier. Starring Gerard Butler, Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> um, that would be what that would be. Amazing. Um, but no, U.S. Marshals was a lot of fun. Um, it's great to see a young Robert Downey Jr. be a jerk in that movie. Because like, he's a young upstart. Um, and there's a bit of a twist involving him. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoil a 25-year-old movie. Mm. He's the bad guy. Oh. <laughs> and he does an amazing turn. But he's so little. He's He's... He's a good bad guy in that movie okay. because you do gain trust for him just as uh, Sam Gerard, a.k.a. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, gains trust for him in that mm. film as well. All you have to do is take away his little platform shoes and he's much weaker. 
It felt like his confidence will shrink immediately. <laughs> it felt like everyone's about the same height thereabouts. Oh bullshit! <laughs> he's wearing lifts all day long. You know what? He's because he Wesley like, Snipes strikes me as being pretty tall. No, I feel like he's like five ten, five eleven maybe. That's pretty tall. That's like average height. I consider sh- like short a shorter guy. Not that it's a bad thing. A shorter guy is on like the five seven side. Mm-hmm. I'd consider 5'10 to be relatively tall. Well, thank you. <laughs> As a 5'10 person, you don't hear that very often. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks. Um, but no, it was fun, good twists, um, a very memorable scene. Oh, almost Death by Sorghum, again, <gasps> in this movie. Um, oh, God. Except it was a thicker grain. I believe it was just uh, wheat that oh. they are fighting on top of. Who fights on top of wheat? Wesley Slash and Tom Lee Jones do. All right, and that doesn't sound like an even fight, but it is. <laughs> hey, well, Tommy Lee Jones is pretty like. I mean, his face is very scary when he gets angry, <laughs> so that would be off-putting to begin with. But I feel like back in the day, he was probably pretty like, you know, tough, like biggerish guy. He did a lot of action movies. He was the, yeah. the main bad guy in Under Siege, uh, Man in Black, of course. Um, so, like, I could see that back, like, in his heyday. Mm-hmm. And... But his heyday, I guess, was always because he's always looked the same age. This is true. <laughs> he's always had old man strength. That's... <laughs> so, he's been an old man from birth. That's um, true. He, I guess you could call him a Benjamin Button, but we haven't seen signs of him getting any younger. So, <laughs> he's I haven't been... seen any signs of him lately. <laughs> Period. Um, um, okay. Yeah. Um, but what? yeah, that's... Where were they fighting they, I on mean, top the, of the wheat? Um, they were on a tanker ship um, oh. that was taking the wheat uh, across the seas. And Wesley Sipes was on that ship to uh, escape the country and just put this all behind him. Mm. But uh, Tommy Jones does not let a man escape. Yeah, no. As evidence in The Fugitive. Um, and this big showdown, uh, he does beat down Wesley Snipes into the... He almost drowns him. What? In grain. Yeah, no, I... F- would put all my money on Wesley Snipes. You would, but you bet wrong this time. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But yeah, it was fun, and I definitely suggest a revisit to that film. Uh, U.S. Marshals, basic premise being Wesley Snipes, uh, is a secret agent for the U.S. government. Um, he is set up uh, in such a way where in which it looks like he has committed a murder at the Chinese embassy in New York. Yo. Um, and is arrested for it, but Wesley Snipes is not going down so easy. Of course not. He sets out to prove his innocence. Instead of a train escape, uh, which was so a huge special effect scene in, in The Fugitive, they do a plane escape this time, mm. uh, where the plane crashes and Wesley Snipes uh, is able to get out of harm's way. But um, they bring back together all the, the U.S. Marshals team of the first film, uh, including Joe Pantoliano. Mm. Um, who looks so much younger in this movie <laughs> than in anything else I can think of. Mm. Um, but yeah, that they really do focus on the team of that film and like their relationships. Um, and a really bad thing happens to one of the members of that team, and mm. you see Tommy Jones just lose it. Oh. Um, also, Wussy's, I want to make an article just called Wussy Snipes Style Icon. He is dressed amazingly throughout really? this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Consistently in this film, and in a lot of his films, he's just very well dressed. Interesting. Um, at one point, he's wearing a ridiculous wig, like it is a long, flowy, silky-haired oh. wig. Um, he's like has like a, a fake mustache on and some uh, sunglasses, but it's like he looks like the coolest dude in the room. Amazing. It looks ridiculous, but also, yeah, so cool, man. So even though he's on the lamb, he's still looking good. Oh yeah, he's still well dressed. Mm. 
plot twist. They don't even care about the murder. They're just after him for tax stuff. <laughs> That's well, it was a documentary, really. Uh, <laughs> what I failed to mention. <laughs> um, that's what it actually is. Interesting. Cool. What What did you watch it on? Um, I it was on just regular oh, uh, television. TV. Oh man. Like, yeah, it was like on not on TNT. They don't show movies that old anymore. It was like on Encore Action or oh, something boy. like that. Okay. So good luck finding it out there. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Um. Okay. So I watched a bunch of stuff. You mentioned Men in Black. Did mm-hmm. you see it? I did not see Men in Black. Oh, okay, maybe we can wait to talk about it. I mean, I don't mind hearing about it. I heard it was bad, um, but I'd love to hear your take on it. So it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just very surface. You never really feel like um, there's a real dramatic point to it. Like mm-hmm. there's just. You know how it usually just starts off surface and then you kind of get into the meat of it? Mm-hmm. It feels like you just stay on that surface the whole time, if that makes any sense. Because I think I understand because it, it, it seems like the whole premise of the movie is like reintroducing you mm-hmm. to the world of Men in Black through like Tessa Thompson's eyes. A little bit, yeah. And it just feels like... Like a modern version or more modern version of it, I guess. Okay. It's just interesting because it feels like you're asking audiences to this, at one point remem- remember Men in Black but at the same time, introduce them to, like, well, here's Men in Black. It just feels like they could have done that without having to put us in the eyes of a new person to this world. Because we know more about the world at this point than she does, is what it feels like. It's just kind of like another episode of Men in Black, and it wasn't as strong an episode. Okay. Hey. Hey. Sorry, there's a dog. (laughs) They Um, have a guess. Another dog guess. And a bird guess as well. Yeah. There's a lot of animals in this room right now. Um, so, so yeah, it just seemed like kind of, if it was an episode of a TV show, it would be like, okay, but kind of a filler episode. Okay. Um, but everyone in it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not that it was like asking a ton of the actors, but they were all fine. Camille Nanjiani is the voice of the little alien guy. It seemed like he was like the third member of like their yeah. Men in Black on the Lamb team. Yeah. Um, was the chemistry still there between, like, Tessa Thompson and, uh, Chris Hemsworth as far as, like, humor and jokes and, like, banter? Because, like, they had in Thor Ragnarok. And I just was really hoping, like, man, they got the same, like, two lead actors together again. It's gonna be a fun time, regardless. I had trouble reading chemistry okay. with people. Um, I'm not sure I'm the best judge of that. They're, I mean, yeah, they were good together. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Megan mentioned that, um... Apparently there was some drama behind the scenes. Oh, no. The making of this movie. Between whom and whom? In what way? Um, I like the way you asked that. Um, all the big questions. Um, so, I guess when they say, signed on to do this movie, the um, between when they signed on and I guess when they were making it, mm-hmm. uh, the script changed dramatically and they weren't really liking a lot of decisions being made. Right. Um, and the story... Which makes sense because you didn't see them doing a ton of press for it. Interesting. Um, like they were You're on right. shows here and there, and like it was a big. Mo- I'm sure money was spent on it, like, mm-hmm. but there wasn't. You didn't see them, you know, on a ton of talk shows. You saw them pop up here and there, but not much. Mm-hmm. And I think because if they were to ask about the movie, I feel like they 
would have had to have acted and lied through their teeth about how great it was. That's interesting. So yeah. it's more between, like, not between cast members, but between yeah, production no. and, like, you I know, think the so. cast, I guess. Yeah, the... Interesting, because mm. I remember, like, before the movie even came out, there was a big talk of, like, you know, well, this is going to be the third installment of the Jump Street series. Like, they're going to be taking over Men in Black, which felt wrong for that mm. franchise. Yeah. For both franchises. It felt like they those two You're things... You're just forcing things. Yeah, the, yeah those don't mix as well as, like, a traditional action film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like, and Men in Black is traditionally, like, kind of family-friendly to some degree. Yes. It's not uh, an R, like, uh, Jump Street Mm-mm. is. Um, so I just didn't feel like you know those would mix very well, but it, it seems like take going from that direction, <coughs> then going to like you know making a Men in Black sequel with yeah. totally new characters, yeah. um, in a totally new setting that's like not New York. Mm. It feels like a lot of changes had to happen at a studio level. Yeah, for and that it's, to happen. it's pretty predictable. Um, I think the cast was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Neeson is in there, which I don't know. How, pe- how the public is feeling about him at the moment. Right. Um, Emma Thompson is in it briefly. I think if you had had a better story, then it would have been okay. Now, here's a thing that may be a spoiler, but mm. I just want to know. Mm. Is there a cameo for Will Smith? Is there a cameo for Tom Lee Jones? No. Really? Uh-huh. No, I don't think that so. makes me kind of sad. Oh, i <laughs> So yeah, it was it was okay. It's definitely worth just or don't I wouldn't go out to the theaters for it. I would just wait until it's out. Okay. On some kind of streaming or rentable thing and then watch it. Cause okay. Not really worth it. That mm, surprising. Yeah. But also, I was I guess, really looking forward to it when it was first cast and everything. I was like, yeah. this is amazing. Like I was staying away from trailers and stuff. It was like I saw the Super Bowl and I was like, that's all I need. All right. Yeah. I trust you guys. But it seems like maybe the trust is misplaced. Yeah. <sighs> Disappointing. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let's see. What else have I seen? Uh, oh, uh, checked out for the first time Burn After Reading. Um, oh, yeah. Cold Rivers film starring uh, Brad Pitt, Francis McDormand, um, Tilla Swinton, yeah. and John Malkovich. Killer cast, yeah. Yeah, Watcher and the Sister. Um, we had a lot of fun watching it. I had not seen it. It feels like everyone I know has seen it. Um, I saw it ages ago. I can't even remember. Yeah. Is, is that where he, Brad Pitt, owns the gym? Uh, he, yes. Or works at the gym? It is yeah. a traditional Coen Brothers story of, like, mistaken identities and people having incorrect information and making big actions off of very incorrect information. Yes. Um, the basic, I guess, premise being uh, Brad Pitt and Francis Dorman are two people that work at a gym. They stumble across, you know, a disk of information that they think are government secrets, secrets from like an analyst. But really, they're just, they're just John Malkovich's uh, memoirs <laughs> that he, like his notes for his memoirs, and they are blowing things way out of proportion. They're, they're talking to the Russians. They're trying to put a hit out on him. Um, it's all a big web of insanity, and everyone's sleeping with everyone. And George Clooney's <laughs> there, and <laughs> for a long time. Uh, I guess me admitting this, I didn't like Brad Pitt as an actor. I always thought that for a long, long time that he was trash. Um, but he's not. He really isn't. For a long time, I didn't have much of an opinion. I thought he was kind of just a pretty face. Mm-hmm. But then once I started seeing him and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, no, he actually is good. I had to rethink and myself. And terribly handsome. Yes, he's a very handsome man. Yeah. And a very good actor. <laughs> and it's weird that, like... It must be so weird to be him and have everyone, like, when talking and comparing beauty, like, you're the comparison, and you're still, like, 
a regular dude. Right. Like, like well, I you're not, yeah, <laughs> you're not Brad Pitt. Like, you made it into a Shania Twain song. What more is there to ask for? Yeah. Like, you're, you are a standard of beauty. That's nuts. That's so weird. You're a male standard of beauty. You're a male standard of beauty. <laughs> Him and George Clooney, which, like, He's Together in the same movie? Yeah. <laughs> those those Oceans movies have been on a lot lately on like TNT and stuff. Mm. I keep on watching that. I keep forgetting. Yeah, they were together in those movies as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Burn After Reading, it's kind of relentlessly funny at, at many points. Uh, and they're consistent with the jokes. Um, people's, the characters' outbursts at unfortunate things happening to them, it just builds consistently and it's really good. Um, at the end of the day, None of those characters get what they want. <laughs> it is very funny seeing their journey to nothingness. <laughs> like, at the, I mean, it's not a spoiler. At the end of the day, everyone's day is ruined. But it's just funny to watch the paths of how they get there. Um, and how their paths cross each other. And how they mess up each other's lives. Um, but yeah, it, I really like the Coen Brothers as directors. And it is just like the one movie of theirs I just didn't see. Or didn't even care to see, really. Um, and everyone's kind of playing against type to some degree. Like, um, you know, Brad Pitt is, I guess, playing to what people think he is. A very handsome dummy. Dumb dummy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> How dare you be talented. <laughs> Rude. Like, George Clooney is, like, a gun-shy creep. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is, like, cheating on his wife. Um... Malkovich is playing just about who you think he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, an angry man. Yeah, he's good that at is that. very scary. Um, Tilda Swinton's playing this very detached, like, cold, calculating woman. Mm. Um, and the whole time you wonder, like, what her job is, and she's just, like, a children's dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and it just feels like, oh my god, I would never want her to touch my teeth. Like, she's so cold and mean. That would be this movie. terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Literally, like, the White Queen from the Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. <laughs> Wants to drill holes in your mouth. Nope. Pass. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, you know, regret not having seen it for as long as I did. It's been out for about ten years now. There's actually just a continuation of the Chronicles of Narnia. Pretty much. She's giving those kids Turkish Delight, and then boom, she's raking in the cash when she becomes a children's dentist. As someone that's trying Turkish Delight, why did this kid betray his whole family for a very lame British candy? Hey. <laughs> I'm not that I'm... De- Defending his betrayal, but I like it. I'm just saying, it's no Snickers. <laughs> it's classier, GC. I'm sorry you don't have the palate <laughs> of a sophisticated Brit. I will never be tempted by that, and I will never betray my family or a whole world for the sake of a Turkish delight. I might watch your back. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, unless it's like that rose flavored, which is gross. Rose flavored? It's like. Yeah. Or like I don't know. I didn't eat it because, ew, I don't want to eat flower tasting things. Mm. But if you give me something else, <laughs> pistachio, yes. <laughs> I'm there. Mm. Um, so I watched the selection on my. I went to LA, so it's six hours there and six hours back, or approximately that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So the selections were not great. What was the airline? Um, American Airlines. Three plus American. No, VR. no, shut up! I need miles. No, Sorry, yay! American, American Airlines, great, you're so right. great. There was a large selection, <laughs> uh, and I, you know, it was great. Yay, American <laughs> Airlines. 
AA Advantage member. American Airlines, a proud sponsor. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> never will we betray the trust that they've instilled in us. Mm-hmm. I would never give them up for Turkish delight. <laughs> um, so I, I watched. I might be the only person I think who watched The Professor and the Madman. Go on, because I've not heard of this at all. With garbage humans, Mel Gibson, and Sean Penn. Oh, this is the one <laughs> that people were just like, yeah, this is going to be really good. Like, so, it's basically not... the, the same person acting against each other? Yeah. <laughs> right. One weird racist, anti-Semitic jerk, and then one just stone-cold weirdo. Mm-hmm. Being a stone-cold weirdo. Um, so, it's about um, the creation of the Oxford English Dictionary. Wait, 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 back up a second. So Sean Penn and Mel Gibson are in a movie together about the creation of the dictionary? Oh, you didn't see that coming, Jason? Whoa! <laughs> Go on. Um, so Mel Gibson um, is the one who's actually working on producing or editing this. So he's the madman. No, he's the professor. <sighs> Go on, because my whole world's upside down right now. <laughs> um... So he's uh, Oxford, which is just this board that he works with. They're just like a bunch of just the lamest nerds mm-hmm. who are have like the tiniest amount of power to wield, allowing him to do this project. Um, and they're just like, oh, he'll dig himself his own grave. Oh. And you're just like, you're the fucking biggest losers ever <laughs> you nerds word. actual word nerds oh god the worst uh steve coogan is in it as oh. his, a little bit as his friend okay um, and then um sean penn plays a he was a civil war surgeon this is in like the 1860s 1870s okay um he was a surgeon in the civil war and uh, he's got some major PTSD issues. Mm-hmm. He is in England, um, and he goes out one night thinking that this um, guy is out to kill him, and so he runs after this man in the streets and shoots and kills him, but it was not that guy. He was just delusional. Oh, my God. And so he is sent to... Um, oh, boy. <laughs> The just a just a party city. car just rolling on by, um, so uh, he is sent to uh, an, a mental institution, um, and the way that Mel Gibson because it's such a huge undertaking, um, and it's tracing back the um, the history of the word mm-hmm. so like. Uh, going back into literature and seeing where they were used to see how they kind of evolved. Like etymology that's called, right? Yes. Okay. Um, So because it's such a large undertaking, he puts little slips in a a bunch of books being like, hey, this is the project that we're undertaking. Can you help us? And these books are just sent out to the world. Hmm. Um, So it's the average person just going through and they write back to him being like this is the book that this was in here's the word here's the sentence it was used in wow yeah this is a very interesting project super interesting um so uh sean penn's character is able to save the life of a prison guard and so granted i don't know how much 
of the truth is stretched in this. Mm -hmm. I didn't look it up yet. Um, He's able to save the life of a prison guard. um, And so they roll out the frickin' red carpet for him. And, like, Bill, like, excuse me, they, like, merge two prison cells together for him. So he has this huge place. Like, it's nicer than most New York City apartments. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) He's got a big library. You know, they're really nice. They're nice Um, prison system. And so he gets one of these books, and he starts working on this. Um, and so he, because all he's, the one thing he's got is time. Mm-hmm. So he starts doing all the stuff and sending back Mel Gibson all these um, references and whatnot. Um, and he's like a real lifeline for Mel Gibson because he's been working on this project for like a year now, and they haven't made enough progress. So mm-hmm. there's like deadlines that they have to hit. Um, does Mel Gibson know that he's in prison at this point? So he goes to visit him, and at first he thinks he's the warden, and then he realizes, like, oh, no, he's got chains on his feet. JK, he's here because he killed a guy. Oh, was he dressed, like, nicely when he met? Uh, uh, he's just it? dressed in, like, regular clothes. Okay. Um, and so he knows, but he doesn't tell his wife or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Natalie Dormer is in it. Oh, okay. She plays the wife of the man who Sean Penn killed. Okay. And so he, Sean Penn's character, wants to give her his pension. And she's like, no, fuck you, even though she has, like, five children. And so finally... He's a pension. Yeah. So she goes to the prison to, like, look him in the eye and stuff. Um, And then they somehow... I don't know if this is true... They become friends and, like, fall in love. Ah! Yeah. I was just about to say, like, oh, cool, like, these dudes who, like, you know, traditionally date much younger women, at least not dating any women in this movie. Wrong. Nope. Totally wrong, of course. Totally. Of course not. Just a really beautiful woman. You wouldn't put her in there if she wasn't dating one of them in the movie, at least. So, I'm hoping, like, it's weird, but for the sake of the movie, I hope it's true so they didn't just throw in a weird-ass love story. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Mel Gibson builds what can only just be described as the most flammable building in the world at the time. Because <laughs> he has this wooden shed out back that just is filled with strips of paper. It's made. It's amazing. And like little gas lamps. It's made of gasoline and Vaseline. It's just ready for blazing. Um, oh, man. Um, so eventually, uh, Sean Penn is doing better, but then. Natalie Dormer's character. I'm spoiling this movie, by the way, because no one's ever going to see it. I'm um, sure the majority of listeners are not nope. going to dig out nope. the uh, press of the Batman. Nope. Which I... also sounds like an 80s television show. <laughs> <laughs> Just a kooky, kooky couple of friends. They're, they're heading down the road, and they're trying their best to figure out words and also save lives. <laughs> um... So Natalie Dormer basically declares her love for Sean Penn, and he loses his mind and chops off his dick. Over the de- the declaration of love? He feels like it's a betrayal of, like, her husband or something, and that he's killed him twice, and the fact that he's taking <sighs> the wife, and so they're like, ooh, and because he does that, like, all his privileges are revoked, and he doesn't, and they start doing well-intentioned but terrible experiments on him the warden who was very involved with him this took the left turn that i assumed it would at the start of the yep. um and so and like the oxford nerds are like oh you've been doing what you've been talking to her my top hat my mustache um, <laughs> <laughs> um 
Um, and so, but he's, um, even though he's clearly lost it, they, uh, they end up sending him, like, back to family in Connecticut instead of, because the warden, the stuff that they were doing to him, which I, were horrifying. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. That's, uh, it was a weird movie. Um, I don't know why I watched it. Hey, it's a six-hour flight. You gotta watch something, Because it's I a, I enjoy a British period piece. But it's weird because it's almost not. Because two-thirds of your leads are not British <laughs> at all. True. <laughs> Mel Gibson does, like, a Scottish accent. Sure. So he's got that one in the back pocket from Braveheart. Sure. Um, it was exactly what you think it was. To some degree, and in many ways, not at all. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Boy. It was just what it was. I remember hearing a lot of not buzz great. about the movie. I just did, did not remember its name at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Because it wasn't worth remembering. No, <laughs> not, it's not. Um, god. Um, okay, so one other thing that I saw, mm-hmm. um, I watched "Always Be My Baby" on uh, Netflix. Oh yeah. Um, starring uh, Randall Park. And uh, written and starring um, Ali Wong. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was very fun, very funny. Uh, I think it's really, you know, capturing viewers and lots of positive reviews. I think it's very, it's like 90 something on uh, Rotten Tomatoes or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a basic rom com. Um, there's nothing, I think, too out of the ordinary about it, save for the fact that, you know, all your leads, all your main characters are Asian and mm-hmm. of Asian descent. Um, and. Just Their Love Story does have, like, you know, some cultural elements of, like, food and family. Oh, that's cool. That, like, you know, wouldn't, I think, be there where they were there other races, mm-hmm. I guess, or just be different. You yeah. Know, the folks would be different. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and you could tell it was, like, something written by comedians. Yeah. Um, and, like, a lot of, like, their uh, personalities are really infused with the characters and the situations. Um, the basic premise being that uh, Ali Wong and uh, Randall Park uh, they were, you know, grew up together when they were kids. Like, you know, they were friends and whatnot when they were teenagers. They were friends, hooked up one time oh. um, after, like, the death of, uh, of Randall Park's mom. Um, and then, like, you know, they went their own separate ways. She became this huge, like, celebrity chef. And, like, he became, he just started working with his dad's uh, HVAC company. Like, okay. they doing heating ventilation and all that stuff. Oh, I know HVAC. <laughs> for the viewers. For the viewers. Um, and, or for the listeners, excuse me. Um, and he just doesn't do much with his life. Like, mm-hmm. he starts taking care of his dad because he thinks that, well, my dad, you know, he lost his wife. I lost yeah. my mom. I just have to take care of my dad, mm-hmm. you know? And their relationship is really fun and cute. Nice. Like, when they flash forward all the years, like, you know, it's uh, him, Randall Parker, in the mirror, like, you know, smoking weed and just, like, listening to music, whatever. And his dad comes in and like, what are you doing? Like, smoking weed, dance to some music, fun to join me. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, like, <laughs> dance in the room together for a little bit before, Aww. like, you know, like, all right, we guys, it'll work. <laughs> um, and Ali Wong is, like, you know, this huge celebrity chef, and she is with Daniel Day Kim uh, from Lost. Oh, like, so that's, handsome. He's a uh, very handsome man. <laughs> Those cheekbones are bonkers. <laughs> he's also ageless as well. Oh, yeah. Um, he looks the same as he did when he was on Lost, absolutely. which is ages ago. Um but yeah, and they decide, like, no, we're going to take a break, we're going to be successful separately, we'll get back together, and then we'll get married. And that, of course, turns into an actual breakup yeah. over time. But she moves back to San Francisco, um, and... Don't tell me too much. They, they meet up again, and then things go from there. Okay. Um, but, 
Yeah, it's very fun. Very predictable place. It just yeah, follows like a regular rom-com yeah. formula. Um, I guess I won't spoil too much in so far. Have you heard of a, of a cameo that appears in that film at all or not? Yeah, oh, the Keanu Reeves Yes, yeah. Keanu Reeves shows up and he's great. Um, this is the year of Keanu, I guess. Oh, yeah. Um, John Wick, Toy Story. Um, he had a presentation at E3, the Electronic Entertainment oh, Expo. Oh, that's right. He's in uh, one of the games. Yeah, one of the big games coming out next year, or this year, I guess. Yeah, because um, I watched the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where the fuck is Keanu? <laughs> this is the only reason why I'm here. And then finally he showed up at the end. I was like, well, thank goodness. So he's on a roll, and they're filming Bill and Ted 3 at this point. Yeah. Um, so he's he's having a really good year. Um, also, a, a semi-ageless man. He's, he looks older, but... He looks good for his age. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I do recommend it. Um, it's real fast. It, it moves very well. It was a very enjoyable rom-com. And they don't make rom-coms for theaters anymore. They just don't. Like, the yeah. space for them is streaming now. Yeah. Like, again, the example of, like, if you're not going to go see this, we're not going to make them in the way that we used to anymore. That's fair. Which is totally fine. Yeah. And I think that's something that people are fine to sit at home and watch and enjoy. It's hard to justify shelling out Anywhere from twelve to twenty five dollars mm-hmm. for a predictable rom com. Enjoyable, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but just like you know, it's gonna happen already, right. just from the trailer. And they're not expensive movies to yeah. make necessarily, so I understand like you know having lower budgets and just getting great people to make them. So yeah, it was fun, and I do recommend watching it. Nice, I will eventually. I just haven't been in the mood to. I totally understand. You got a certain kind of movie to watch. Yeah, like a rom com at the end of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I've really gotten into keeping up with the Kardashians. What? <laughs> Excuse me? I don't know. How did this happen? California changed you. LA. No, it was before then. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay. Because I think I've had, between holidays and stuff, like, I've had a couple of days off here and there. Mm-hmm. And there's never anything on during the day. <laughs> And God knows I'm not doing anything with my time. I'm just sitting at home and relaxing. And so it's always on. And so <laughs> I watched a sprinkle. Months and months ago, I watched, like, a couple of episodes. That's your first hit. That's and then gotcha. it was, yeah, it was my gateway drug <laughs> to more of the same. And then, a, like, a month or two ago, I watched another couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. And I wa- and like I came in at the right time because they were like really dramatic episodes. Like, is this the whole Tristan Thomas thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tristan, and cheating on Chloe. So I watched. He went to my high school. What? For a brief period of time after I left. But That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So I happened to watch it when the Tristan episode was on ages ago when he first cheated on Chloe because now I know their names and everything. I still can't tell you who's the oldest or whatever, but it's fine. I'm sure I'll figure it out. Um, and then... It just changes based on the classes already. <laughs> and then they... The next... Because it's all, you know, planned drama. But of course. when it's actually unplanned drama, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, um, the barriers of this world are shaking. Yeah. Like, this dream is about to collapse, all right? The kick better happen right now. (laughs) Um, And so this time Tristan cheated on her again, but with a friend of the family. Oh, he cheated on her twice? He cheated on her twice. Once when she was like nine months pregnant. And now again with one of the other sisters, one of the Jenner sisters, like best friends. Ooh. Yeah. Who also like works with them and stuff and has been on the show. Um, 
Yeah, that's right. See, you're getting into it now. The Tristan saga. What can I say? Oh, I could not whistle. Um, <laughs> anywho, so I binged the shit out of that show. Oh my God. <laughs> I watched like six or eight episodes. I stayed up to like 1 a.m. watching it and went to work very tired the next day. Because oh <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get to the Tristan episode, but I needed all the backstory. Um... And it's not even like I ironically hate watch it. I really... You're into it. <laughs> You've ridden that wave. And let me tell you something. Yes, are they dumb idiots? Yes. But they clearly, business-wise, even oh. if they're not smart enough to do the business, they're smart enough to surround themselves with people who know what they're yeah. doing. And they're fucking killing it. So you, you have to respect them for that. Like... You guys, one of them's a f- almost a billionaire. She's worth like $950 million right. from makeup. Chris Jenner is like... She's a fucking machine. A, a mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> like an evil genius of some sort. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. But then you find out that they there are certain words that they don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> You're just like, what? What? And I... Yeah, I have ones that I like and ones that I don't like. And it's just... It's just bonkers. I am so amazed at I you really right now. enjoy this stupid ass show with these stupid ass people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. finally, you know, something as embarrassing as me watching wrestling. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Most of what I watch is embarrassing. I watch The Professor and the Madman. Come on. Um, will I follow them on Instagram and stuff? No. Mm-hmm. I just like the hilarious drama that's played out on screen it's just real <laughs> empty mind television and I like it I can't fault you for that necessarily yeah. um <laughs> and it's drama that I don't that I'm not involved in in any way so. right you get to like vicariously live through their drama Listen, and like observe it there's and, nothing like, more it. fun than drama that is not yours yeah like I can just vicariously can just sit back and relax yeah don't have to take this on myself totally <laughs> um so yeah I've oh, been watching God. KUWTK well, I'm going to talk about some nerd anime shit right now. So Here we go. <laughs> this is a hard segue from to my embarrassment. But this is really embarrassment, I guess. This is one of the hallmarks, uh, one of the big temples of the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evangelion. Um, oh, I've seen that name before. It is currently on Netflix. It's a big deal uh, in the world of like anime and animation that you know they have the rights to have it on Netflix at this point because it's not a... Uh, any kind of streaming release ever. Um, and it's like the first one. So, and they've redubbed things. They've like, uh, so it's a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. But it's interesting. It is a very, it's a crazy show. Um, it's very influential on things like Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Um, the basic premise oh. being um, aliens attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really hit us pretty hard the first time. Um, the first time they came, they melted the ice caps and a lot of Earth has been affected by that. Sorry, I just took a picture of you while you were talking. <laughs> you sitting there with a tiny dog is hilarious. <laughs> He's so cute. Sorry. No, it's fine. Just big men. I've been in my neighbor. There's a lot of just like tall, like very masculine men walking around with tiny dogs. Mm-hmm. And it fills my heart with such joy. <laughs> like the tiniest dogs. There's one guy who has a white dog that has like parts of its hair pink, which I'm not sure I agree with. But mm-hmm. It's just really funny to see an old man proudly walking with his white and pink dog. <laughs> she would have had a beret today. What? Had, I had my sister found it. Oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> Does, would she keep it on? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. 
Um, Sorry, okay. Evangelion. <laughs> so, basic premise of the show being aliens attack, they hit us really hard. Um, they always do. Melted the ice caps. Um, several years later, um, the, the assumption was that they'd come back again. Mm-hmm. So, humanity has gone ahead and the United Nations have come together to build these machines, these mechs, these giant robots, which are, like, organic beneath, but, like, on the exterior, like, you know, metal and all that stuff. To you def- say organic beneath? Like, musculature and all that stuff. What? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Ew. Like, um, and in order to pilot these things, they need very specific pilots that, like, would bond to the machines and, like, you know, very similar to the Pacific Rim, how you have to have, like, you know, be drift compatible. I would hope they'd, they'd have to have specific people, because it'd be weird if you just get a Joe Schmo off the street who can... They, pilot a half man, half <laughs> robot machine. That's probably just that's not. like skyscraper height. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, they eventually reveal like, well, it's very specific who these things can like bond with exactly. Mm. Um, so yeah, the first episode opens up basically like you know, this kid wandering these deserted streets, like you know, their klaxons blaring, like the the aliens have come back. You say klaxons? Yes, <laughs> the, the air sirens. <laughs> I guess that's what they're called. Klaxons. All right. <laughs> Um, and he's wandering the streets, like, empty and alone, and he's just like, well, I gotta find my dad, because my dad, like, runs the military in, uh, Japan or whatever. I thought you meant his dad ran away as oh. soon as the aliens <laughs> attacked, and I was like, what an asshole! Um, that makes more sense. <laughs> and the kid's there, and he's picked up, and he's taken to the base and all that stuff, and basically all conventional weaponry are ineffective, ineffective against these, uh, Ooh. aliens. Um, Time to go bats back to bats and sticks. And the, even those have no real effect. No. So mind games. No. No. Emotional mind games. manipulation. Emotional I could do that. Emotional manipulation does come into play, but <gasps> later on, not against the aliens. Just but against... get a bunch of like thirteen-year-old girls and you destroy them. See, here's the thing: the show plays upon that aspect too. Like in in anime, generally speaking, like you know, it's always like a young protagonist. Like you know, I'm fourteen. That means I have the right to save the world. Hmm. Like. This show shows, like, no, that's not a good idea. Oh, it's a terrible idea. Like, you don't want to get a young, sexually frustrated, like, emotionally immature individual, highly depressed person to pilot a giant robot. Or really to do anything. Like, that's You barely want to talk to them. Yeah, like, let them get through their stuff and help (laughs) them through their stuff, as opposed to trying to have them save the world. Mm. And the main character, this kid, has, like, all this emotional baggage, all this emotional baggage. Like, he's 14, he's sexually frustrated, like, she's like... He like let him figure his shit out as opposed to have him try to save the world. Um, the show is very historically controversial in the sense that the ending happened, and the ending was very open ended. It wasn't a big fight. It starts off the big fight, but mm-hmm. then it ends up just like you know, him in his own mind dealing with his own issues, mm. and it ends with like you know him surrounded by all his friends and family, or like his mental projections of them like clapping and like, "Hey, congratulations." Like, that was the ending of the show. Mm-hmm. And fans like, no, it should have been, like, a big fight. Like, what What actually happened? And the creator is famously a jerk to all of his fans. <laughs> and he's like, oh, so you guys didn't like how it ended, huh? When they got the money together to make a movie. It's kind of nice that it doesn't end, though. Like, how did you feel about that ending? I thought, like, oh, it could have been positive. Like, I knew it was it's open-ended. Not, at least it's not predictable. Because the way it was ending was, like, you know... Literally the shit's hitting the fan. Yeah. Every defense that they've had is, like, falling down. The aliens are, are at the door, about to get the thing and, like, destroy humanity. I like that you said literally as if there's actual poop hitting the fan. <laughs> A giant piece of poop from the weird alien, they from weird gross. human robot amalgams. Poop at women! <laughs> Surely this is the end of humanity as we know it. 
Um, but no, it's, uh, yeah, it looks like everything's about to go wrong, mm-hmm. and the kid's in the robot, and then it's flashed to his mind as he's dealing with all this emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. And why that, doesn't Christine like me? I mean, yeah, a, a lot of <laughs> stuff like that. Like, why does my dad say hello in the morning? Oh. Stuff like that. Oh, Lord. And then it ends very open endedly. Like, okay, did he overcome his own fears and mm. were able to, like, defend the earth? Did he die? <laughs> and, mm. like, you know, is this, like, you know, heaven for him? Like, is he what buried happened? under a pile of poop? Yes, is he buried under a pile of poop in the windmills? We need to know. <laughs> Um, the creator of the show himself was going through depression, like a lot of issues Aww, at the time. That's too bad. Um, but famously, is very like confrontational with his fans. Oh. Um, at several points, like you know, uh, fans are like, "Well, you know, like we want to know what happened when they got the money together to make a movie sequel." Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, "Okay, the name of this movie is The End of Evangelion. Do you want to know what happened in the last like forty minutes?" Oh no! Here we fucking go! <laughs> oh no! And it shows gruesome deaths of oh, all God. the main characters. <gasps> Humanity loses in the end. So it's just a real fuck you to the yeah. fans, kind It's of? like, yeah, this is what happens now. You want a definitive ending? Here's a definitive ending. All the characters you like, dead. Alright? <laughs> and the two main... And Humanity loses. That's what happens. We lose. It's over. Like, But, like, I'm okay with that. And also- As someone who's also not a fan, so it's easy to say that, but, like... Having everyone win is also kind of boring. And it's a good movie and a real bummer. Hmm. But <laughs> even fans said it that, like, well, well, no. And his famous <laughs> response, like, at a convention that was like, he got really close to the mic, put, like, his lips to it, just like, he's not an English speaker. Uh-huh. And, like, just said, too bad. <gasps> That's then- <laughs> amazing. I love this man. It would have been hilarious, though, and, like, halfway through the making of it, he was less depressed and was, like, happy all of a sudden, was like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> I fully realize that's not how depression works, as someone with depression, but, like, you know what I mean. But, yeah, like, it's just, it was just very, his reactions to things, to me, are very funny. That's great. Um, yeah, fuck you. But the show has a very definitive ending. <laughs> He's yeah. like, nope, that's canon, I'm not making anything else ever again, like, uh, based on this, like, and Evangelion, is that the name of the kid? That's the name of the show. That's, um, that's the name of the, the giant robots. That oh, Evangelion. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like a very rough explanation of like what happened in mm. the show and all that stuff. But yeah. I don't know. It's there. It's a very uh, seminal piece of like, you know, Japanese animation. Watch it <laughs> if you're interested in that kind of stuff. If not, leave it alone. How many seasons was it on? One season, 26 episodes. Oh, and then a movie. And then a movie, and that's it. Wow. That's all the show ever had. Huh. How do you feel about, um, I personally do not like the, with the advent of social media and stuff, how much creators of stuff now seem to take into consideration the fans. It's interesting. Like, I'd, I'd rather say not. And I, don't get me wrong, it's not really a criticism, I understand. Mm-hmm. It needs to make money to stay on, and so to make fans happy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I really, I feel like The Walking Dead was one of those shows that was way, once it kind of got past the comics and stuff, or just kind of branched off on its own, they they took too much into consideration from the fans, and then it kind of went off the rails a little bit. It's weird, because like, it's, it's instant interaction with fans now. Yeah. You know, everything is subject to review as soon as it's done. Mm-hmm. So I find it very... And now even before it's even done, where you put out a trailer or something, the 
thing isn't coming out for another six months, but already people are like, wow, I, or you announce an actor for a thing, and mm-hmm. people are... Rah, 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 rah. Like, I, I think something that very fit, very much fits into that, mm-hmm. recently the, uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that was announced, mm-hmm. um, they released a trailer for it, the fan reaction was one where it's like, this is bad. Oh, like, wow. the character design is just way off oh, and gross. Yeah. Is <laughs> it gross? Yeah, he has, like, <laughs> thick, muscular legs oh. of, like, a man. Oh, boy. It's just weird. Um, but, yeah, then the creative team was like, all right, we hear you. We're going to go ahead and push the release of this movie back a year. Wow. And we're going to work on the CG and, you Holy know. Holy shit. Make it look the way that, you know, it's supposed to look or the way that the fans want it to look. Yeah. So that just feels like a huge, I mean, power to the people, great. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's interesting for people that we're considering artists to compromise their vision. Absolutely. For the sake of, like, fans. But it, it brings into question, like, you know, this consumable media, like, is it a product or is it, like, you know, art on its own? Mm. Because if it's something that you're making as a product for people, then I guess, yeah, make it to their specifications or desires. But if it's something that you're saying is going to stand on its own and be a piece of art and, like, you're behind that, you know, corporate interests, of course, dictate a mm. lot of this. Mm. But at the same time, as an artist, if you're there making this thing for yourself... I think you have to find that that line and determine what you want to actually get out of this. If you're willing to stand by it and say, like, no, I don't care what people say, this is what it is. standing by those thighs. Yeah, stand by those thighs. (laughs) You, that was such a lovely and thoughtful answer. (laughs) And in mine, humans just go rah, 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 and I make jokes about thighs. (laughs) No. Good job, Jason. No, I like that answer. It's something I think about often. It's something I've seen, like, the results of where fans get mad and, like, yeah. creators do change things. Yeah, it's nuts. And, you know, sometimes I can understand it, but and, and there are many times where are just like, no, you shouldn't give in to that. I understand the pressure, but I'd rather I'd rather they make what they want to make, and if it fails or doesn't do well, it doesn't do well, that's fine. You can just let things be bad sometimes. Yeah. Like, too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and people are dumb. Like, the big uh, campaigns are like, rewrite Game of Thrones. Oh, Jesus Christ. Season 8. Just, no. Like, uh, okay. Like, how about no just... No one is making you watch it. Exactly. How about just watch, watch something, something else? else. <laughs> there are other things out there. If you think you can do better, fine. Go try and do better. Let's see that. Or how about step away from it? Give it some time. Come back to it. Think about it. Mull it over a little. You might like it more, or you might just say, like, eh, you know what? I didn't like it, and that's okay. <laughs> and there are other things to do and other things to see and other things to watch. For me, personally, I remember the uh, the end of Battlestar Galactica. I thought that I... I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. Hmm. And then, like, I sat for four years, like, almost nine years. Came back to it. I was like, you know what? That's just fine. It's just fine. Hmm. I liked it. It was totally fine. Um, and, yeah... Take some time away from things. Read a book. Like, <laughs> go outside. Read a book. Go outside. I don't know. Like, do other things. That's, that's, that's my opinion on that. I feel like I got way off <laughs> As I go back to just talking about things that I've seen and <laughs> criticizing them. Um, that's what the show's about. I'm the worst. <laughs> um, I watched the second season of Marcella. Okay. It, did they get the festival going this season? Like it's up know, and running. Did they get Beyonce this time? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Cardi B showed up. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so it's just a different series of murders that are being investigated, and mm-hmm. it's the same kind of formula where um, there are they introduce like a million suspects. Kind of, this might just be because I have a terrible memory and I stepped away from it for probably a month or so, mm-hmm. um, so I forgot <laughs> what was happening. Um, but they have a ton of suspects, and you're not sure who fits into where, and they're all connected in a certain way, and you find out as the show goes on. But it ends very oddly. Um, so they... Um, basically, she's hit a low point. I think. Oh, no. What does that mean for her? Does yeah, that mean, I know. Like, it means drinking a lot. or like. So she, at this point, so the premise of the show is that she is a detective. She has two kids and now an ex husband. Um, he, in the previous season, had cheated on her with a woman. Now, in this season, he uh, has a new fiance. Of course. Um, he's very handsome. I get it. He can, <laughs> he can have whoever he wants. Um, Turns out he's into tall blonde women, and she's a short brunette. <laughs> um, uh, I was lying to myself more than anyone else. <laughs> That's why I needed to do this for me. <laughs> um, kind of. It's okay. Um, but without that amazing speech. <laughs> um, so at this point, her children, uh, he wants, he gets a new job, and so he wants to take the children with him, but it's in Singapore. Oh, wow. He's going to get remarried. Uh, she, Marcella, has a new boyfriend who is it's her Marcella. boss. Oh, interesting, yeah. Marcella. He's very cute, though. Um, and I fully support her with this man. Okay. So there's a... And they're like official official. It's not like, you know, an illicit work relationship or anything like that. Kind of wow. the latter-ish. That's how you start in that spiral. Okay, how are we going down, Marcella? Yep. Um, and so things in her personal life, she has this boyfriend, but she has to kind of keep it on the keep down low. Her, yeah. you know, her kids don't really like her, her ex-husband. Um, he kind of tries to frame her. She has these blackouts where she gets violent. And so he, she has one and, but he purposely like beats himself up a little bit oh. so that she thinks that she did that to him. And so he threatens to take the kids away based on that until she remembers that it didn't happen like that. This guy's a real turd. Yeah, he turns out being a shithead, even though he's still a better parent than she is. Okay, that's, I guess, uh, that talents. Yeah, and then... It's disturbing. Some of the... Twice her son has been attacked and has been put in horrible, precarious situations. Oh, my God. Um... So, like, her work is, is now affecting her kids, who she loves very much. And... So she, in the last episode, she is standing on the edge of the building. She's going to kill herself. Her immediate boss, who's not her boyfriend, um, who is a beautiful man, who has the most gorgeous head of hair I've ever Sounds seen. Like there's a lot of hot men on the show. Oh, there is. I mean, there's a reason I stuck with it, Jason. Because <laughs> she's super annoying and self-destructive. Um, so he gets her off the ledge. And he's talking to her and trying to just, like, be like, please, just, you know, you can stay at my place. I just want to watch you to make sure you're okay. So they're in the bathroom. She takes off the toilet seat cover, whacks him in the Holy head. Shit. He's unconscious. She cuffs him to, like, a bathroom stall. I was very worried that she was going to hurt him and then I was going to just get through the television and 
attack her. Because <laughs> um, he's Tarantino will be right. so handsome. <laughs> um, oh, he's so beautiful. He has a nice beard. Oh, um, <laughs> he's a British treasure. He is. He's a Turkish delight. Oh. <laughs> Leave him alone. Oh, um, he would be on the husband list if I knew his name. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, so then she goes in the mirror. She cuts her hair off. Um, so now she just has this weird haircut. She, is it like not even even or cute? It's just like yeah, fucked no, up? it's just fucked up. Cause okay. she has her hair up in a ponytail, and she just cuts off where the ponytail is. Ooh. And it's like a very violent cutting. Uh huh. And then um, she takes scissors, the scissors that she cut her hair with, which are just like a little like nail type of like little scissors, mm-hmm. and she cuts in her mouth, and it's like. On one side of her mouth, it's kind of like the Joker, oh like Heath Ledger thing. And then she takes off, and you just see a pile of hair with her, and then her necklace um, with like an M on it uh, for her name um, in the sink, as if she's just like everything's gone wrong. Like she signs over basically her kids to her the custody to her husband. Like she she's done, um, and. Then, to what end is she doing this though? Or is it not yet seen? Here's the thing. So, and that's like because that sounds like season. This finale. is the last. Yeah, it's the last episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy who shows up. I, he must have been in an earlier episode. I just don't remember him at all. Um, he is in London. He's walking through this like uh, tunnel, and it's clearly like a homeless type of camp type thing. Mm-hmm. And he sits down next to a person who's obviously going to be her. And he's like, hey, there was a building that caught on fire that had a bunch of, like, aliens in it. Um, not, like, alien pew-pew, but, like, uh, illegal immigrants. Yeah, they're not throwing poop fans. Yes. <laughs> I wish. They're just down in their luck. Yes. Um, and... A bunch of people were killed, including Marcella Backland is her name. Like, they found her DNA in there also. Huh, as a murdered person. As a murdered person. Um, or it was an accident, it was not clear. But, um, so, presum- so like, she's dead, it, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. dead. And then he's like, you know, we, he offers to have her go undercover. Okay. It, and it, they said, like, 90s later, after she ran out, after she, like, had the Britney meltdown. Mm-hmm. So she's just living in, like, a homeless camp? Oh, this is nine days after that? Yeah. I thought it was, like, nine months or something No, like that. nine oh, days. it was a pretty fast turnaround. It was okay. very fast turnaround. And she's still, like, the cut on her big, like, laceration on her face is clearly, like, infected. Mm-hmm. And then you just see her look up. And that's, it ends. That's pretty wild. It's so, like, she's pretty, she has mental issues, clearly. Yeah. That they never, oh, sorry, I forgot a very important detail. So this whole time she's been going to, during the second season, she's been going to um, a hypnotist to try to, re- to recover various memories because of her blackouts. blackouts. Okay. Um, and her baby daughter had died, uh, I think, a couple of years ago. Oh, my gosh. So, in, was it a miscarriage or did, was her, did her born so child? So, she couldn't remember exactly what happened. 
and she was worried that like her son had done it because she kept on seeing flashes of him in the situation. So she had three kids at one point in time. Yes. Huh. Um, but so she finally, this is right before her breakdown, she remembers that the baby had been crying, 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 and she was exhausted. And she picks up the baby, and she's just she's just doing the typical, like, holding it and just kind of, you know, bouncing as you pace around like mm-hmm. you do with babies. Um, and the baby dies, like, basically in her arms. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, sudden, like, SIDS, like, sudden infant death syndrome. I don't, she, I don't think she actually actively kills it. She, I think she feels guilty for just, she says, like, please just stop crying, just stop crying, and then it. The baby does stop crying because it's di- it's dead. It just died on yeah. its own. Yeah. And the reason she remembers her son being in the situation is because he comes into the bedroom. She's like, no, get out. Right, as it happens. Yeah. Okay. So that was, like, the tipping point, I think. That was her lowest. She had already basically signed over her two kids. Like, things at work were not... She ends up breaking up with the boyfriend because he was cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing is going right. Like, the, because of her job, she learns that her boyfriend had uh, been cheating on her. So her work isn't going well, even though at least she had her job. She was good at her job, but now that's bleeding into her personal life in the worst ways possible. Right. Her, kid, her family's deserted her, and she realized that... Not that it, I don't think it was supposed to be her fault, but, like, her baby died in her arms. So she's, like, done. Her right. mentally she breaks and she symbolically just leaves herself and behind in that bathroom mm-hmm. and she's not fit to go undercover so I don't know why yeah. this offer is being made to her I don't know how they found her I don't know who she reached out to to set up her fake death like that whole thing like it makes sense that she ripped, uh, reached a tipping point but and even maybe just, like, cutting off her hair and stuff, like, okay, mutilating herself so she mm-hmm. no longer looks like herself. I can even see that. But then being approached as in, like, a homeless camp to go undercover didn't like, make any sense. In what environment is she being put undercover, like... And, and, like, faking her own death, like, oh, okay. Like, granted, she had been doing more... Uh, irrational things throughout the series mm-hmm. but it was a weird very abrupt left turn that then just ends and, and just making sure she's just a, a, a london cop right yeah it's not like she's an mi6 agent no she's just a detective <laughs> sure yeah and also that's news like if a detective if, the, if an nypd detective said like you know what they died mysteriously in 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 as a in a homeless murder or something like that. That's news. In a in like a building full of immigrants. Like it's yeah. not like it was um you know the cops had to go bust into a building and something happened at that building there was a bomb or something. Right. And a, and it was like why would she be there? Like that gets out. It doesn't make any sense and there'd be a big investigation and blah 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 like it doesn't make any sense. And I was like, "What?" Because it, it just seems they made this character... This is someone who hasn't even seen one episode of this show. Right. It feels like just made her a tragedy magnet. Yes. Like, that's exactly... Oh, that's a good way of putting it. That's <laughs> exactly like nothing good happens to her. It's just some of it's granted her own doing. Yeah. But also 
just shitty. Some people around her are really terrible. And so it's just and, madness. And I think that asks a lot of a viewer watching a show because it's like, if nothing good is ever going to happen to this character, yeah. why should I stick, stick around? Like, I'm, I'm waiting for some payoff here. And like, if you're trying to portray some, some degree of realism, mm-hmm. like, why should I believe that she would ever get her kids back? Or why should I believe that she'd ever, like, you know, have a safe relationship if everything I've seen thus far is one where it's just terrible thing for terrible thing, partly caused by her, partly caused by just circumstance. Like, just, I don't know. That seems hard to get into, or to stay committed to. I'll tell you why. Handsome men. <laughs> the husband, the boyfriend, the boss. The soothing bomb. just so handsome. The handsome man. Three of them. Beautiful. All very different, all very beautiful. That's why I stuck around. And, like, all very well dressed. Mm -hmm. Especially her husband, because he was, like, a fancy man. Oh. So just, like, nice, like, three-piece suits. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, like, the boyfriend is also a cop. And then her boss is also a cop. So, like, they are, like, you know, higher up. So they are, like, plain clothes. But Uh they wear, like... Suits and stuff. Just, I'm just ah! well-dressed cops. Yes. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so you'll be back for season three. I'm waiting for it, Jason. <laughs> When's it coming just, out? Just have to be here. Part, just have to make sure. <laughs> here we go. You'll be there day one. Give her a new boyfriend, a new boss. Mm-hmm. I am in. <laughs> make him handsome. I'll be there. Okay. Montreal season two. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out for the boys. Yeah. Um, what else have I been watching? Oh, um, I checked out uh, the namesake of this show, um, which isn't really what the show is based on, but yeah. Observer oh, okay. Report, the mm-hmm. film. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's still, it's, when I saw it originally, I was like, this, this movie's crazy. Now it's even crazier. <laughs> like, some of the things that happen in that film, just like, you're allowed to do that? Oh, boy. Um, but, of course, the Observer Report, the 2009 such film, came out the same month as Paul Bart Mall Cop. This uh, is the better Mall Cop movie gotcha. by far. <laughs> um, stars Seth Rogen, uh, uh, Dan McBride in a very small part, uh, Ray Liotta, Anna Faris, um, Aziz Ansari, uh, and Michael Pena, American Treasure. Oh, wow. That's a solid... Uh I was going to say comedy cast, but not really. <laughs> it's a good but, cast yeah, overall. Solid, yeah. Uh, Patton Oswalt has a very small part in it as well. That's cool. Um, yeah, so the premise of the, oh, Jesse Plemons is there. Ah, oh, um, that's cool. It feels like the first thing I ever saw him in. Oh, really? Um, but, yeah, the premise of the movie being that Seth Rogen is a an imbalanced uh, mall cop mm-hmm. um, that really has a sense of grandeur about himself that mm-hmm. thinks like, he pretty much runs things in this mall while everyone's just like no you don't man like (laughs) just let it go find other things to to endeavor in because this is just not good that's really funny um but yeah he lords over that place like he's the king of the castle Mm -hmm. um they have a persistent problem with a streaker um (laughs) going around scaring people nice and he has taken it as his life's duty to stop this streaker from you know terrorizing the mall citizens um in the process, I'll catch him. In the process of doing this, mm-hmm. however, uh, really, they call the cop. Really, comes to investigate. Um, Seth Rogen doesn't feel very plussed about this. Um, he is also pining for Anna Faris. Aren't we all? Um, and also, a good reminder to remember is that most of the characters in this movie are trash people. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Ray Liotta, Anna Faris, Seth, Seth Rogen to some degree, like, mm-hmm. are just, they're not very good people. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, although Seth Rogen, you understand as the movie goes on, like, oh, he's got, he's got, he has some issues going on. Mm. Um, but he gets it into his mind, uh, Seth Rogen, like, you know what? I want to be a cop. I want to be a legit cop. Like, I want to take the tests. I want to do all this. And, like, while he's trying to catch his criminal, he's also trained to be a police officer. And Ray Liotta just taking it all to one big joke of just, like, I can't wait to this guy fails. Aww. Like, he takes him on a, a ride along into, like, the city and, like, takes him, like, one of the most dangerous blocks in that oh, city Jesus. that Danny McBride runs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ray Liotta just thinks, like, this guy's, this guy's gonna get killed and he'll be out of my hair forever. Oh, no. Uh, Seth so Rogen dark. rises to the occasion and beats the crap out of Danny McBride and comes back victorious and he's like, you know what? I knew you believed in me. I knew that was a test. <laughs> And I'm, yes, yes, I want to be a police officer. And he excels at pretty much everything. Like, he's like, well, this guy's going to be a pretty good cop mm. until they get to the psychological exam. Oh, no. And that's when he's like, oh, he's got a lot of stuff going on. Mm. Like, okay. Like, and then you understand like, a bit more. Like, oh, so that's why he's this, the way that he is up to some degree. Like, okay. Um, however, they still manage to make it so funny and, like, he, there's a point where, like, you know, one of uh, Ray Liotta's cohorts is hiding in, like, the room. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't wait to see this guy. He gets heartbroken when he finds he's not going to be a cop. And then the guy just, like, leaves happy. like, I thought it was going to be funny, but it is not. And he just piled on Seth I'm, I'm sorry, man. Oh. <laughs> and just walks away. Hey, keep it down. It's <laughs> where it also a uh, big fan of the movie, apparently. Yeah, that's um, a lot to say about it. But, um, but yeah, without spoiling anything, um, Michael Pena plays his right-hand man. Um, Which guy's right hand man? Uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, cool. Um, and they are best friends. Michael Peña is playing on this crazy accent that he's doing for like this this character. Um, and what kind of accent? It is just like the most hood dude you can imagine. Oh god! <laughs> like, but he's hilarious. Okay. Um, and he a very is. loyal friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny. There are some parts where it's just like, holy shit! I can't believe they got away with showing this in theaters. And looking at it on Netflix, it's like, well, it's there. <laughs> this is what this movie is. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. Um, a really good soundtrack. Oh, cool. Um, that makes sense. Directed by Joey Hill. Like, literally five months after this came out, that's when uh, Eastbound and Down came out. Oh, okay. So, it's a lot of things, like, right before they happened. So, like, Aziz Ansari, right before Parks Park and Rec came out. Oh, The wow. biggest thing. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good. Nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was absurd to report. Um, uh, I watched The Upside. The Upside. With Kevin Hart and oh, Brian Cranston. Yes, um, the remake Based, of the Fresh film. Yes. The Untouchables. Yes. Um, there's a lot, of, it's, uh, it's probably You have like a thousand yards staring your eyes <laughs> right now. There, it was... It was exactly what you expected it to be. It's very cliched. Mm. Um, both the situations and the characters, um, which is unfortunate. I will say that there are a couple of genuinely funny parts. Mm-hmm. And you can see Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston sincerely having a good time and okay. just laughing hysterically at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like he brings Brian Cranston. So Brian Cranston is this like billionaire. Um, who is in some, I think like a um, hang glider accident. Oh. 
That's something um, Billionaire does, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, and so he is paralyzed. Uh, he's a quadriplegic. Um, and Nicole Kidman is his kind of right-hand man. Okay. Um, but they need someone to take care of him. Um, and his also his wife died, so he is pretty depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> so they bring in all these very qualified but super kind of cliched and annoying people who are mm-hmm. like, I will be your hands and legs. And Brian Cranston is just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then Kevin Hart has just gotten out of prison. He just, um, his parole officer, like he has to go out and try to find a job. He has to at least get signatures showing that he went there. Mm-hmm. And so he was going to the same building to be a janitor. But then he sees this other guy who's applying for the um, companion job. And so he goes up there and Brian Cranston likes him because he's different from the roller guys and blah, blah, blah. Um, It's predictable. um, But there are some really funny moments. Okay. Uh, Yeah, there's not much to be said about it, really. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, I just hope what I want from that movie is that, like... As a result of it, Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart are actual friends in real life. I, I feel like they could be, just because Brian Cranston also has like a really good sense of humor. Yeah. There's one part. I wish they. Someone surely has compiled just the funny bits from it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one part where Brian Cranston brings Kevin Hart to the opera because he's really into the opera. Mm-hmm. And this person comes out in this a truly like ridiculous, but also not really far fetched costume that Kevin Hart is like what's up with the tree <laughs> and Brian Kranz is like he's not a tree that's the bird man and Kevin Hart is like the bird man <laughs> and then they both just laugh hysterically and everyone around them is shushing them mm-hmm. and they're just you can tell they're actually sincerely laughing <laughs> and it's great um, so there are parts like that that almost make it worth it but uh-huh. not really um they sell kevin hart gets into art and so he makes this ridiculous painting but there's a douchebag neighbor in the building who sees it in brian Cranston's apartment so he assumes it's like a very expensive fancy piece of like mm-hmm. avant-garde work and so he buys it for like 50 grand and kevin hart's like what like <laughs> this could be the start of my career they're like no just <laughs> It was a one-time thing. <laughs> just take this money and just be happy about it. <laughs> um, so there are a couple of funny parts, but it's mostly exactly what uh, you could write. Just from seeing the trailer, you could write the rest of the film and Absolutely. probably pretty much nail it on the head. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. It got me through a plane ride. I, and I think people aren't necessarily there for the story as much as, like, the actors that are You just it. want to see Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston You want to see Kevin Hart together. and Brian Cranston and Nicole Kidman, like, just yeah. interact with each other and, like, have fun to some yeah. degree and, like, get through a thing. Yeah. So, and that's what you do and it's fine. Yeah. And that sounds like a perfect plane movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it was. Okay. Yeah, perfect plane movie. Um, what else have I seen here? Um, yeah, I haven't seen too much. I think this, this might be, uh... The last thing that I saw. Oh, yes, uh, the Chef Show on 
on Netflix. The Chef. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. A uh, continuation, kind of, of uh, the movie Chef, mm-hmm. uh, directed by John Favreau. Um, but this is just a, kind of a cooking show and a travel show where uh, John, John Favreau and uh, the chef consultant on the film, Ryan Kwan, uh, kind of just tour the country, cooking different things from the movie and like cool. cooking new dishes and whatnot. Uh, kind of palling around with some John Favreau's friends um, who were celebrities. Oh um, yeah, doesn't he go to like Gwyneth Paltrow's place or something? Yes, he cooks with Gwyneth Paltrow, and it's just it was funny because it felt like an insight into the the Marvel process. Oh yeah. Also, oh yes, I saw that clip. <laughs> but, Sorry, but also like maybe like Gwyneth Paltrow's just a little spacey. Um, yeah, absolutely. In the sense of like where she's like, oh yeah, well he's like, yeah, remember in Spider Man when we like little match scene? She was like, Spider Man, I was in Spider Man. She's like, yeah, you were. Like you remember that scene at the end, like you know, when like you're at the door, like the whole press conference back there. She's like. That's Spider Man? Oh, oh, wow! Like, well, no, like, they didn't, they don't sometimes tell them uh, what it is they're filming for. So, what, there was another one, like, um, oh, for Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her face? Brie Larson was in, like, when she did, oh, the bonus scene for mm-hmm. Infinity War, she didn't know what was happening. Like, they put her in that bonus scene, and she hadn't filmed any of Captain Marvel yet. Jesus Christ. So, in defense of Gwyneth Paltrow, I don't think, I think they probably didn't say exactly what it was for, because it's so secretive, even to the people in the frickin' movies, that I think, because I read something about it, um, or watched a thing, that, like, yeah, she... She didn't know, and she probably ended up not seeing the Spider-Man movie, I'm sure, so she would have no idea... It feels like being a bull in a pen about to be let out into, like, you know, an arena or something like that, and you're just out there like, acting, 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 <laughs> acting, <laughs> I gotta go back to the sable. <laughs> like, it's so insane. Like, I didn't, I, I had heard of, like, heavy secrecy, mm-hmm. but not to the point of, like, not telling your actors. Yeah. That feels like you're a secret agent hired to, like, do a hit, and then, like, you disavow knowledge what you just did right now, correct? And, you and like, you're not actually told, like, what the person you're trying to kill is, like, yeah. done. You just have to assume, like, it's, they're a bad guy <laughs> and you have to kill them. Like, assume that this Marvel movie will be good and this is a very useful scene. But you have no idea what you're doing. Like, assume the scene will be used. We're not guaranteeing yep. anything right mm-hmm. now. What's my motivation? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're Captain Marvel. It's up to you, baby. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're... What's her... I can't think of it. It's like Peaches Petrov. That's not her name. What is her name? In the... Carol Danvers. No, no, no. Gwyneth Paltrow's. Oh, Pepper Potts. Pe- Pepper Potts. <laughs> Pastry Petrov. Whatever. <laughs> like, she doesn't have much to do anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, it's kind of funny because they're making, like, a, a Korean style, like, Pepper Pot. Uh, oh, soup. that's cute. And she was like, did you think it? John. Oh, that's real cute. Um... They had Bill Burr on one episode, and, like, they're making the grilled cheese sandwiches that they made in, like, Blue mm-hmm. Chef. Mm-hmm. And, like, at the end of it, Bill Burr's like, I never thought I'd make something this good in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you seem, like, real, like, holy shit, I can't believe I did this. I can't decide. I'm sure, like, not on a screen or anything and just in real life, Bill Burr is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And a probably, like, very nice guy, but... Bound just throws me the wrong way. <laughs> I can understand that. I don't mind him. Mm-hmm. I like him. Um, they had was a si- he nice on the show? Oh, he was super nice oh, on the show. Oh, that's good. He's super nice. Very involved in the process. Like what I liked about the show is that everyone's asking like really relevant questions mm. to the process of like making the food. Like, well, why are you turning right now? Well, I'm turning right now, and they're very like they give full explanations as to like why they're doing it. 
they talk a lot about like, the heat of like the, the, the cooking surface that mm. they're cooking on, which is like, I guess something that I don't even think about like with while yeah, cooking. No, of course not. And they're just like, well, yeah, you want to like turn right now, or like you want to turn down the heat right now mm. because like you know you don't want this kind of these bubbles like you know in this. Like mm. wow, how interesting! Like all these like small little details that like you know the the cooking consultant uh, Ryan Kwan is just like giving there, and he's so cool. Mm. Like he's such a cool guy. Like the way that he like discusses things or describes things sometimes, it's like. Now you see the way this bread's sticking right now? It's not having a good time. So I'm going to turn myself into this party and get it going again. Like, oh, man, that's so cool. Oh, man, I have to watch a show. I watch a lot of Bon Appetit videos, <laughs> even though I'm not really that into cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is super interesting. It's just a whole other world. It really is. It's very And, like, they talk a lot about, like, you know, restaurant culture and, like, you know, what it is for, like, well, you know, when a chef makes a you know, chef another meal, it's like, that's just a way of saying thank you and all that stuff. You know, we don't really have, like, a lot of money. But I can pay you in food. Like I can, I can feed you. Like I'll oh, happily be paid. How food. interesting! And they do that. Like they cook at like you know another uh, kitchen, um, like a restaurant. And at the end of it, like John Favreau and uh, Ryan Kwan, like they cook a meal That's for like, the so restaurant cool. staff. Nice. Um, they go to Atlanta, uh, and they have dinner like with like Tom Holland and um, <gasps> and Robert Downey Jr. What? and like, a couple of like Marvel execs and whatnot. Oh, excuse me, I'm gonna be watching this. <laughs> and everyone's like at like their A game, just like. Snappy responses, oh. like you know, just on point. Um, I love it. Tom Holland's like a lot of fun in the interview. Of course, and he's so handsome. Um, his brother apparently is like a cook or something like that. Oh, chef. cool! And he's like, well, he's just talking about you know, that, which is really cool. Um, oh, he has a brother. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, to know. <laughs> Finally, not away. Um, Robert Downey again, of course, I'm the, the coolest guy in the room in every situation. Um, it was just. A lot of fun, and also at the same time, very explanatory of everything that they're doing. That's awesome. Um, so it doesn't feel like we're just like digging up the sole promise of this movie, right, right? Or premise of this movie, like making something else out of it. It's like no, like he, you can see John Favreau kind of fell in love with the idea of cooking. Oh, totally. From that movie, and you know, we just wanted to keep doing it. So that's awesome. Yeah, that that was like the last thing I really saw. It was it was a lot of fun. I literally when I was going through. Was it, it's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix, I was yeah. going through and I stopped on it, but I was like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for this. <laughs> Let me get to Marcella. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's real background noise kind of thing, too. Like, you don't have to pay attention yeah. to that. Um, I just realized, I think I just find Bill Burr intimidating. Like, if I were to meet him in person, I would find him intimidating. <laughs> and I think that's really my issue. It's probably not him. It's just probably me. I can understand that. <laughs> I mean, he has, like, a character to him, He has a big personality and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I can understand. I just feel like, I don't know what to say to you. It's <laughs> like, oh, I really hope you like me, because otherwise I'm pretty sure you would just eviscerate me. It feels like, yeah, I don't, it feels almost like a comedy having a lecture in some ways. It's yes. like, I want to be polite and get through this. I don't want to, like, stay in the room too long to, be, to offend you. Please just don't and... let me piss him off. Please just don't let me piss him off. <laughs> don't say anything stupid. Please don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> But, um, uh, but yeah. oh, I'll definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, the last thing I watched was, well, second last thing was Bumblebee. <laughs> oh! Again, on the plane, great plane movie. Now I hear this is probably the best Transformers movie, period. Um, definitely better than everything after the first one. Okay. Um. Which says a lot, yeah. Yeah. Because they're just generally not good. <laughs> um, Haley Steinfeld is fine she's very cute and um her character is kind of the typical cliched like kind of angry angsty teenager Mm -hmm. um her dad recently passed away 
and she like her mom's new boyfriend's a nerd or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? I love that's like a big problem in her life. This nerd guy <laughs> moving on my mom. Well, she, she, did, she and her dad were very close, so she just doesn't like that this new guy is kind of in her life. That's really it. So it's the fact that he's a. He's not even a nerd. He's just a dorky dad, you know? Um, Sits down on the couch. Ah, this Rubik's Cube poking my butt. Ah, he's new nerd dad. <laughs> um, and she's into cars, and so she's trying to fix this car, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. This, just by the way, that plot sounds very similar to The Next Karate Kid, starring okay. Hilary Swank, where oh. she's also an angsty teen that just, mm-hmm. like, needs a focus. <laughs> So, go on, I'm sorry. Um, so she stumbles onto Bumblebee, um, who actually does talk a little bit at the beginning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because they go back to, like, Cybertron, and they look mm-hmm. the way that they did in the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think this one, I, granted, I haven't seen all of the, because um, I don't hate myself, uh, <laughs> I've seen all of the <laughs> post-number one Transformer movie. As um, someone who hates themselves, <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you don't value your own time. That's nope. fine. Um, I think it's it's not as big as some of those other ones. There's not like a ridiculously huge plot. It's very simple. Of like, she has Bumblebee. There's some bad guys out there trying to find him mm-hmm. and um, find the other Transformer guys, and they have to defeat the bad guy. Like, it's very simple. It's not these ridiculous, like, they're going to the pyramids. Like, why are we going they're to the pyramids, guys? Real MacGuffin-based, like, yeah, this item, this other item, and then make the things come together, and then yeah. you can save the world. It's ridiculous. The world. It's just that she finds, it's back to basics of, she finds Bumblebee, they have a cute friendship. Mm-hmm. There's a nerd boy next door who's, like, in love with her, mm-hmm. um, and they team up a little bit. Um, and then the bad guys come. So it's just back to basics, so that's good. Um, there aren't any pyramids. It's in, I think it's based in, like, San Francisco in the 80s. I was going to ask, because yeah. it seemed like from the trails it was a period piece. Yes. Which is weird. Which is weird to say that, like, period piece is, like, the 80s. Yeah, but, but yeah. I guess, to some degree. Um, what role does John Cena play in this? So John Cena works for, he's a military guy mm-hmm. um, who does get some funny John Cena-ish lines in there. Okay. Um, who, uh, he's trying, he's like kind of a bad guy. Okay, but it feels like through the course of the movie he understands like, oh, they're the bad guys, not Bumblebee. Okay. Right now, you could write the rest of this movie and probably get it 99% accurate. Okay. <laughs> um, but the one thing that he does say, when, so when they bring back... Uh, he, at one point, he's like, are we sure they're good guys? They are called Decepticons. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, thank you! And everyone's like, no, no, they're good. <laughs> I think you would like this movie. Okay. It's it's a light summer fun big blockbuster thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I expected, but it was fine. Um, I think it's nice to have, without even realizing it so much, but to have a 
a female lead is kind of nice. Yeah, in those movies, like, it is very cool to have a female lead because they're so boy-centric. They're so boy-centric, and it's always just a girl who's kind of on the side, who's very pretty, and who they save or run around screaming, whereas she's actually... Uh, the smart, very capable, more brave one, and mm. it's a nerd guy who, um, she kind of, she doesn't have to save, but, like, she's clearly in charge, and, like, right. so like, that's she, nice. She is the one, like, pulling him out of the fire. Right, Not right, saving right. his life every right. instance, but just, like, hey, follow yeah, me. Like, we're doing I'm, this thing, yeah. Yeah. And um, does her mechanical knowledge come into play at any point in the week, like? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. The positive effect. But not to, like, a ridiculous degree, I would cool. say. Like, okay. She can, she can jumpstart him a little bit. Cool. But nothing... She's not dismantling him entirely and then making him all anew, and it's just... It's great. It feels like, for some... If you don't like Transformers, this is the one to watch. Yeah. Like, if you if you want to get into the franchise, <laughs> for some reason at don't. this point... <laughs> Number one, don't. One, don't. Two, if you Two, if you feel like you really want to... And it's a one that you could show girls and boys, mm-hmm. and I feel like the girls can kind of get into it because it's Haley Seinfeld, and she's very, um, kind of like a more down-to-earth, more approachable type of actress, I yeah. feel like. Um, even when she's angsty, which is a little tiresome, but like, whatever, it's fine. Um, and I keep thinking that she's very tall, but she's probably not, because I've only seen her in comparison to um, Anna Kendrick in mm-hmm. the... Uh, Oh, Anna Kendrick is tiny. In the, what in the pitch? The uh, pitch perfect, pitch perfect. Movies. Oh, yeah. So it's like, she's like, God, he's 6'3". <laughs> probably just like 5'10". <laughs> I, think she, I think Anna Kendrick is like pocket size. So she, Haley Seinfeld, if she's like 5'7", probably looks like a giant. <laughs> I don't think she's particularly tall. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, a, again, a great plain movie. It's very light and... Um, and it moves pretty well, and yeah, it's good. Okay. The woman, uh, Pamela Adlon? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pamela Seagal uh, Adlon? Say that again? Pamela Seagal Adlon. Sure. <laughs> um, she played uh, Louis C.K.'s, she was in her, his show, right? Mm-hmm. The Voice she, of Bobby Hill. Yes, she, um, she plays Haley Steinfeld's mom. Cool. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like years ago she probably played a Transformer voice or something like that. Oh, I could totally see that. <laughs> um, I think there's like a little brother in there who's okay. Like, yeah, it all it all worked well and it was fun mm. and light and a good summer blockbuster thing. Cool. Even though I think it's probably like a year later. <laughs> it came out like Christmas time. It, oh, was, really? it was a blockbuster, so it mm. hit around like one of those points in the year where it's like you need people in the theaters now. Gotcha. Um, that was fine. Yeah, okay. I would like to check it out at some point. I feel like I think you would like it. is the best way to do it. Totally. A plane or like, you know, Netflix or something like yeah. that. Um, one other thing was, I just realized I don't think I did the assignment. I don't even remember what it was, Jason. Oh, uh, Doom Patrol. I'm the worst. Well, on DC I'm Universe. Sorry. It's alright. I sent you the, the cold, like, uh, I guess relatively late. Um, um what, what is it? Um, I did watch um, some of. I just time was against me. Um, I don't even remember what I signed you. Fleabag, you. Oh, that's me. right. Um, it's good. Yeah. Like just like on a premise basis, like this is very very funny. Um, that she's kind of like narrating almost every instance to the viewer, mm-hmm. or like calling something right before it happens, like this kind of omniscient narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but as still figuring things out as they're happening. Right, right, right. So it's very interesting, like just it's like, like having a running board. commentary, but all, while also watching a thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's her own commentary track. Kind yeah. of is like I guess the way to describe the show. Um, but she's really good, and it's very funny and very quick-witted and mm-hmm. very fast-paced. Um, I only watched like I didn't get to finish the entire episode, the first episode, mm-hmm. but it is good, and I would like to continue watching more of this. Uh, it may become my new gem. Um, I. I don't think I told you, but I did start watching Catastrophe. Oh, nice! On Netflix, um, I find it impossible that two people who are together in a relationship can talk to each other like that. It's just so for mean-y. real. <laughs> but it is very funny to watch. I also find it difficult to imagine that's like Rob Brydon's character is like a really good dude, mm-hmm. and I personally find him attractive. So I'm just like, how would you be single? Can you take a minute from kissing the dog? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking about kissing Rob the lady, all right? I'm always thinking about kissing some man or another. Um, no, I can understand that, where you're coming from as far as. And also, Sharon Horgan's beautiful. I'm just like, but what? I can totally see these people together as a couple. Mm. 100%. But they're just so raw with each other in a way that just feels like you guys would have to have broken up with ten times by now. <laughs> no one can take that kind of verbal devastation on a daily basis. I don't know that I've gotten to the point where they've been that mean to each other verbally. Mm. I've only seen like two episodes, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. But how, uh, much, but yeah, how much of it did you get through? I watched like the first season. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um... I watched the first episode of Stranger Things season three. Okay. Um, I feel like we have to not use MILF anymore. I would like to change it to MILD SUBMIT. <laughs> what? Explain that one. To MILD. Mom, I'd like to make love too. Okay. Because you know what, Jason? F is really hard. <laughs> Mom, I'd like it's, to F is a, it's a, it's a strong statement. It's a lot. That's a little almost threatening. So, milt to milt. I think it'll really catch on. It is going to get out there, all right? <laughs> Viral. Um, and I find it weird that that would be included in Stranger Things, as it was like said in the 80s. Oh, and, they didn't say it. Okay. But it was clearly suggested. Oh, Because okay. one of the... Uh, what are the kids... Um, Mike's mom uh-huh. um, is into uh, Billy, oh, oh as are the rest of us, because uh, he's so attractive. Get this weird buff child out of this town. So handsome. He is 16. I don't like it. He And in real life, he has an accent. He's Australian. I mean, come on. You're killing me. <laughs> you are killing me. Um... That's really all I took away from that first episode. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Okay. Ugh, so much. So much handsome. I am excited about it. I'd mm-hmm. like to see it. It's set in summertime. The previous yes. two were set in like fall. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Um, so I'm curious, like, you know, what does summer mean for them? They're not in school. Mm-hmm. So that's not an element to really play with anymore, necessarily. Yeah. Um, you know, it's. Oh, that's right, because it was like the winter dance or whatever. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, it's been two years since the last season of Stranger Things. It's weird because, like, you see these kids actually growing up before your eyes. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel old and I don't like it. <laughs> and that's the tough thing about shows centered around kids. It's like, well, kids you know. Kids grow up, man. They grow up. They they change. And, like, the aspects that you liked about them may not be the same anymore. So far, Hopper is very much a dad. And it's very funny and sweet. Okay, whereas before he was, like, this, not a renegade cop, but, like, ah, I can't be Yeah, he's just, like, kind of, I mean, he's still a curmudgeon. But mm-hmm. now he's a curmudgeon with a heart of gold. Okay, a curmudgeon so, father. Yeah. <laughs> It's very Regular album. <laughs> I never watched Married with Children, did you? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, not like religiously, but I've seen uh, quite a bit of it. Hmm. Um, but yeah. That's all I got. Because okay, I'm a jerk and I didn't do the assignment. <laughs> you sent me the info and I was like, cool, thanks. And then I just ignored it. <laughs> Threw your phone. <laughs> <laughs> it just landed in a fish tank. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> Um, well, your assignment still stands. Cool. Um, if you want to keep Absolutely. Um, Do I remember what it was about now? No. <laughs> but I remember being interested. <laughs> oh, I'm g- oh, Brenda Fraser. Yes. Yeah. As a robot. Love it. You like things where men are robots. <laughs> um, oh, shit, I didn't... Oh, of course I didn't think of an assignment for you. Why would I? No, it's all right. God damn it, Jason. Luckily, you didn't watch yours because I didn't have one <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the old request chamber. Because <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> Please stop me. <laughs> so keep silent and be like, <laughs> Watch me drown. <laughs> um, um, there's nothing that I've really been, like, super into that wasn't a m- movie. Mm-hmm. Or even the movies I've watched I haven't been super into. Um, I'll have to think of it. Okay. Maybe we should just both watch Stranger Things too. Okay. Or Stranger Things also, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Cool. All right. Folks. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode. I hope that your summers are going well. Yeah. Um. I hope that you're having fun out there. Uh. Staying safe, not getting sunburned, and hope you're. I was just gonna say, put on sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> And I hope that you are seeing some real cool things out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, tell us about what you're seeing, or I don't know. Reach out to us on Instagram. We're there. Yes. Uh, as as Observant Report uh, podcast. And yeah, keep having a good summer. I think it's O N R podcast. Or, yeah, O N R podcast. <laughs> sure, I follow it. Sure, we made it. But yeah, O N R podcast. There you out go. there on Instagram. Yeah. Follow that uh, and respond to us. So thanks. Um, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes if you can. Uh, it's fun. It helps out. Um, but yeah, if you're having a good summer, keep having one. If you're not having a good summer, I hope it gets better. Go eat some ice cream. Yeah. Or, if you're lactose intolerant, lactate and some ice cream. <laughs> but yes. Thanks, guys. And Thank we will you. see y'all next episode. Bye.